welcome to episode two of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm joined today by my guest, Eric Manning. Eric is a gaming enthusiast who has recently been playing Octopath Traveler with me and is going to share his thoughts on the game later in the episode. Eric, how are you doing today? Doing very well, thank you. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm very, very excited. Cool, man. Well, tell us a little bit about the type of games you're into, just to give the, the listeners a background. Definitely. So... Some of my favorite games, any games I can play with friends. Uh, I'm in a time in my life right now where playing with people makes it a little bit more enjoyable. So RPGs, action, adventure, just those are the things that really get me excited. Cool. Uh, Things that I can play with friends. Nice. That's the most exciting thing for me because I have something to share with people. Yeah. So Octopath has been huge playing with you and playing with some other friends. Amazing, amazing game. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, I'm excited to hear your thoughts about it in a little bit. Before we get started, I just want to let everybody know where you can find me on social media. Instagram is at In Your Element Podcast. Twitter is at IYE Podcast. Facebook page is at In Your Element Podcast. And then we've got a Patreon page set up at patreon.com slash In Your Element. Feel free to join. Feel free to share a few bucks. And uh, we'll have a Discord set up as well for that, for Patreon subscribers. If you have any questions or comments, email me at inyourelementpodcast at gmail.com. I want to kick it off with some news for the day. Um, Some uh, exciting news broke yesterday. There was a leak a couple days ago, but yesterday Blizzard made it official. Diablo 3 Eternal Collection is coming to Nintendo Switch. It contains all of the content including the Reaper of Souls and Rise of the Necromancer DLC. So it's the complete edition. It's the first edition that has all of that stuff in there. Um, And there's a a statement that was on Eurogamer.net that says, like the other console versions, the game will support up to four players locally on a single console, as well as online play. And it will also allow up to four switches to be linked wirelessly. It can be played on a single Joy-Con, as well as dual Joy-Cons and the Pro Controller. And it sounds like it's going to be running at 60 frames per second in both docked and portable mode. According to Blizzard senior producer Pete Stilwell, besides the resolution, you shouldn't notice anything different when switching between docked and handheld mode. It's going to launch later this year for $59.99. Eric, have you played Diablo games? So I've never played Diablo. Okay. I definitely have had a lot of friends tell me amazing things about it. Yeah. I want this game. Yeah. I absolutely want this game. It looks very good. I mean, like I told you, I like playing games with friends. Right. RPG. I mean, I'm all around style, really, when it comes down to it. But yeah. this being a game that I get to play with my friends, oh, the for Switch sure. being that perfect console where you can literally take it around with you and link up really wherever you are. Right. This definitely seems like a game I'm interested definitely. in. Definitely. I think it'll be right up your alley for sure. This oh, yeah. game is, is perfect for playing co op. Um, I've played through a bit of it on PC with a buddy and didn't finish the game, but enjoyed what I did play of it. It's an action style RPG. So you're basically going through different dungeons, fighting waves of enemies. You get loot and you upgrade your character. And there's this cycle of fighting to get new loot, to upgrade the character further. Um, So it seems exciting. Yeah. It's this endless chase of like getting better stuff to fight more things, to get better stuff to fight more things. Yes. Uh, But it's very fun. Very good. And I'm excited that it has all of the DLC in there um, because the version that I have on my computer is just the base game. So I haven't played any of 
the uh, Reaper of Souls or Rise of the Necromancer expansions that added a couple new characters. That's pretty exciting. New play styles and yeah. stuff. So yeah, uh, it looks great. It's a mm-hmm. it's incredible that Blizzard was able to take such a big game on PC and bring it over. I know it's not anything new yeah. in terms of content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been out on PC for a long time now. But still, the fact that you mentioned being able to play it on the go, playing with friends, I think this is going to be a big, big game this fall. Yeah, I think about they're bringing the power of a PC to a handheld game. Right. And it just blows my mind when I hear that. Yeah. This is a all-around PC-style game. Right. Essentially, right, that they're bringing to us. Sure. Uh, ah, it's just exciting. It is. And I know that in the past there was a, a lot of speculation that Blizzard would bring Overwatch to the Nintendo Switch. Um, and there were there was a statement that was put out alongside the uh, announcement of Diablo 3 um, where they basically said that it's not out of the realm of possibility. They said they're not actively working on it, but they did say that it's not outside the realm of possibility, which is exciting. Absolutely. Because if we could get other Blizzard games on handheld, that would be really fun. Yeah. Blizzard I know. makes some amazing games. Oh, so just sure. being able to get that introduced yeah. is exciting. Yeah. There's a new audience of people that are going to be playing Diablo for the first time. You yeah. know, Bring some of those other um, big uh, franchises over to the Switch and let people try it. I think that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, the other big piece of news is that Gamescom begins next week on August 21st to the 23rd in Cologne, Germany. Microsoft has been teasing some new Xbox hardware bundles as well as some additional surprises. And I know I'm excited. Nintendo said that they're going to be showing off Super Mario Party and that it's going to be playable on the game's floor. Yes. Very excited for that. I know we got the trailer during E3 that kind of caught everybody off guard, uh, but this game looks like it's going to be really, really fun and I can't wait to see more about it. Uh, the other thing they're going to show off there, of course, is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. That's still going to be playable. I know they've been bringing that to different trade shows this year. Um, I'm hoping to see some of the new characters that they revealed during the Direct. Well, you know my excitement around Super Smash Brothers. Oh, so yeah. this is something that I just cannot wait for. I am super stoked. I, I hope we see some new characters. We've seen so many so far. Right. I, I can't wait to see what's to come. Do you think that they could give us a new character so close to these last reveals? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. From everything they've given us so far? Yeah. Oh my gosh. If they didn't, I think that that would surprise me more than if they did. Right. They've they've had a good uh, cadence of showing characters pretty frequently. Right. Um, It's just exciting. We had our conversation before Super Smash was even announced. Right. And I told you they're holding off because they want to showcase all these like other characters and all these games to come out first. Right. Uh, I don't don't even know at this point. (laughs) I don't. They just keep surprising us. They just keep surprising us. Good old Nintendo. Awesome. Well, that's the news that we've got for the week. Just a couple small things that I wanted to bring to to light. Um, But let's get into the meat of it. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about Octopath Traveler. Um, I know that you've been playing it for some time. I've been playing it for some time, and we've been sharing our thoughts as we go along. Um, And it really is a game that that everybody experiences a little bit differently. Uh, the, The characters that you gravitate towards... Um, the different story elements, uh, different things that you pick up on. Um, how have you? How has your experience been so far with Octopath? It's been 
Amazing. So I wanted to make sure I checked before we started up. I'm at 42 hours officially. Okay. Super exciting. Great. Um, starting off, obviously that was the hardest part for me. I had a few characters that I wanted to choose from. I ended up choosing uh, the thief, which Therion. was Therion, which was really exciting. I almost went for the scholar, which is Cyrus. Super excited for my choice, but just the whole gameplay, the whole aspect of it, everything has just been incredible. Yeah. Gameplay, the artwork, I think is a little misunderstood, yeah. but if you can appreciate that style of artwork that they're bringing, right. it's such a beautiful game. It really is. Such uh, a beautiful everything game. Everything about it is just so polished. So for those of you who don't know what Octopath Traveler is, um, it's a it's an RPG, um, old school style RPG from Square Enix. So um, think back old school Final Fantasy games on Super Nintendo, um, games in that light, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, those type of games. This is a very traditional uh, JRPG with turn-based combat. Uh, the, the thing that makes Octopath Traveler unique, though, is that it's eight individual stories that are basically uh, lumped into one giant game. Um, the criticism that the game's gotten is that the stories are not as intertwined as people really would like. Um, they, it, it feels to me like it's it's eight tiny little R JRPGs put into one game that you're playing, and you get the option to go through each of these stories or you can just pick the ones that you want and skip the others. So you get the flexibility of uh, playing this game however you'd like to. Um, I know for me and yourself, we want to experience all of the stories. Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Why not? Right? Yeah. It's, it's it's very compelling. And and you know, at first for me, a lot of the characters, um, you know, there was there's some interesting characters, and then there's some characters that seem like they are not as interesting at first. Yeah. And I found as I've played through the game uh, myself. I'm coming up on 60 hours now in the game, and I find that every character now is is as compelling as the others. Absolutely, which has surprised me, yeah. to be honest with you. So there's definitely, like you're saying, characters that I was excited for. So for me, like choosing that first character. Mm -hmm. So you choose, I should say for the listeners, you do choose at the beginning of a game, a character that you're stuck with. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say stuck with, but you get throughout your entire uh, journey throughout the game and you can't switch this character out. Right. Which is interesting and it, it funds, but it, it brings this character to the game that uh, you wouldn't necessarily get otherwise. Right. So for me, it being Therion, who's the thief, I've literally tried to have to cultivate my entire group of four that you get the whole time. Right. And so I thought it was about choosing the characters you like most at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I had to go through everybody's or wanted to go through everyone's chapters, I was still choosing those characters I liked most and right. was, was like, okay, how am I going to filter these out? How am I going to keep it? Because I don't want Tressa on my team. Like, I don't really like her. Yeah. How can I just filter her in and out of my, my, uh, my group? Right. But then I just, I went through Tressa's second chapter this morning and what? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Like, right. I want her in my group now. Yeah. How do I filter her in? Yeah. And as you go throughout the game, I feel like that's what every, every character is bringing to you. Exactly. Is you want them in your group, and then something happens, and you're like, oh man, now I want this person in my group. Yeah. 
It almost makes you feel like you want all eight at once. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. They're all so unique when it comes down to it. Uh, yeah. At first, I, I, as you were saying, there were some characters that I really gravitated towards as well. I started with Hanit, who's the hunter, uh, the beast hunter. And um, she has a really unique ability where she can capture beasts uh, that you fight in the wild and basically summon them in battle. So it has almost that Pokemon aspect where yeah. you're catching these Which different monsters. Yeah. So uh, I did not know that going in. I just thought her character design looked cool. Um, and I knew that you were picking the thief, so I didn't want to take that same story. But it's made it interesting because now as I've played through the game more um, and, and knowing that you're, you're essentially stuck with that one character for the duration of your, your game, yeah. um, they each have different what they are called path abilities, which are basically uh, abilities that you can use when you're in a town. Um, for instance... Theory on your character, the thief, yeah. can go around and steal different items from people. Right. Uh, which is, I don't know what I would do without that. Honestly, I, I think that's really such I a don't. Good, it's a it's a very good ability. Uh, yeah. Basically, there's a, a, a percentage that you have um, of being able to steal certain items, and some of them are just small things like uh, you know healing items for battle. Uh, or different weapons, but some of them are extremely powerful gear that you can get for your characters yeah. that I haven't seen anywhere else. Absolutely, and that's been my experience with it, to be honest with you. So we were, you and I were chatting, and I'm kind of a little bit more of the, I'm going to go out there and see what I can get out of this. Right. Uh, going into high-level areas when I shouldn't be, or maybe stealing things that have the very low percentage rate. Yeah. And that's what it, it kind of brings a different character to it. Yes. So we haven't really talked about this part yet, but if you have these or if you're utilizing these pathways, it could also be harmful in a right. sense. If you, if you, basically if you fail, let's say you're trying to steal something from somebody and it says uh, 40% chance of getting this item and you miss it then you basically get a slap on the wrist uh, from the game and it says, hey, you know, you've got three or four more times that you can fail in this town before your reputation is uh, is harmed. And, um, you know, I think we've both pushed the boundaries on that to see uh, what happens if you do have a harmful reputation. Yes. And as it turns out, you have to go and go to the, the local barkeep and uh, pay your way back. So he basically cleans your reputation up for the town, but at a pretty yes. penny. Which if you have Tressa on your team, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. You know you're going to be getting your fair share of loot with, with her around. Right. She's she's the merchant um, of this of the group. So she her ability, she basically finds money as you go through different areas. Uh, just randomly, she'll find money. Right. And she can also purchase items from people in the town. So Therion has the ability to steal these items, yep. and um, Tressa's got the ability to purchase the items if you are more of a good-hearted person, yes. and you pay a little bit extra. But Well, what's funny is I usually have a higher risk rate with her around, so if I find someone, I can steal it off of them, and I have an 8% chance of going for it. Well, you better believe with Tressa in my group, I'm going to go for it. Nice. So she could just pay my reputation back and I can just go back and just keep going. That's awesome. <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to bring up about this game is the battle system. So uh, traditionally in um, RPG games, uh, JRPG style games, there are turn-based battles. Yeah. There's random encounters. 
It's very, very much like, you know, what we grew up on. Pokemon, Final Fantasy, those types of games. Uh, this game's no different. It is a turn-based RPG. So I know that's a turnoff for a lot of people because RPGs these days have moving away from that. Um, they, they've uh, gone to more of like a, a real-time action style. Uh, take like Final Fantasy XV, for instance. That's a live system where you can see the monsters and fight them right there. Which traditionally, I enjoy those games more. Yeah. yeah. So to speak about this being a game that I'm truly enjoying, turn-based styles, I grew up on them. Playing yeah. Pokemon was so huge for me growing up. Right. I've kind of grown out of that as well as I've, I've uh, as I've gotten older and these yeah. new styles have come out. Right. I have turned away from this. So me loving the battle system in this game really, really surprised me. Yeah. Really surprised me. So uh, the the what makes this battle system unique is they have a break system, and uh, they I really do appreciate that they've kept the battle system relatively simple. It has. Um, Basically, every enemy has a shield that it that shows up on the screen with a number on it, and um, and they have different weaknesses that are not exposed at first. So you enter a battle, and a character might have three different question marks underneath them, so you know that they have three potential weaknesses. And your goal during the battle um, is obviously to eliminate the enemy, but you want to find out what their weaknesses are and take the shield down. Once you break them, which is when you get the shield to zero, then they're vulnerable, they're stunned for a turn, so they can't attack you. Um, they also take a lot of uh, extra damage during that time. So that's when you can really pile it on. The other part of the battle system that's really unique is that they have battle points, which are basically every turn your characters get one more battle point. It's a, a meter of one to five. And uh, you can basically choose to power up these attacks uh, your, your regular attacks or special attacks with these battle points. And when you use the battle points for that turn, you are no longer going to gain one for the following turn. So there's a, a risk reward factor that you have to take into account. But when used properly, if the enemy's broken, you can really lay in some good damage. Yeah, I actually find myself kind of changing the way I use those battle points in each interaction. Mm -hmm. uh, it's It's challenging because sometimes their shield levels are at seven, ten. you know, you're fighting a boss and those shield levels are pretty high, but then you might find some that are like ones, twos mm -hmm. when you're just out in the wild. But every battle that I'm in, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, what's keeping me coming back to this game. Yeah. I, I, my strategy changes every time I'm in there. Right. Which I think is what keeps the battle system fresh. So typically with these types of games, um, we, you know, fight a battle, you do this so, so, so much that you kind of get over it, right? After a period of time, I think especially yourself over 40 hours in this game, me almost at 60 hours in this game, by this point in a regular RPG, I'm running from these battles every oh, yeah. single time. Every time. You know? I mean, let's go back to Pokemon for a moment. Oh yeah. You know, like this is such a widely known game. I think yeah. that this would be a good one to kind of relate it to. There's only so many times you're going to fight a Pokemon in the wild right. with Pikachu in your party. Right. You're just going to be like, okay, he's high enough. I'm yeah. going to move on. Exactly. I'm just going to run and pick my battles, basically. Exactly. But what I really like about this system is that it almost feels like a small puzzle each time you encounter an enemy. You know, 
I have to find out what their weaknesses are. Yeah. I have to break them. And then, you know, the weaknesses that you expose carry over to another battle. So if you do run into that same enemy again, you can see the weaknesses that you have exposed, which is pretty cool. Yes. Uh, one other interesting tidbit is the character Cyrus, the scholar. Yes. I think we've both he grown is. very fond of. <laughs> So great to have in your party. He's incredible to have in battle. One of his skills is he reveals one of the enemy's weaknesses every time you start a battle. So you get basically a freebie on every enemy when you have Cyrus in your party, which is extremely helpful, especially when you get into those boss fights where you know that each turn really matters and you can't really waste a turn throwing different uh, spells at the enemy or hitting them with different weapons just in hope that you're going to find that weakness. So one of my favorite things, if I can say about him, is so I use this a lot in boss battles. And I wait until I get his shield down. So a little battling tip here. I hate wasting a battle turn. Like the chance to wound a character for me is like part I'm there for. Right. But the thing about Cyrus is he does have his analytics. Oh, yeah. So that part for me is one of the most rewarding things because it will reveal it all on all of his uh, health and CP where he's at with that, but along with the vulnerabilities that he has. Right. So that has been a huge, huge savior for me in battle. absolutely. Uh, those analytics just t- come in huge, huge help when you really need it. Yeah, and you found something interesting out uh, about the health specifically because one thing that you'll notice right off the bat is that the HP for the enemies is not shown. Yeah, it's not there, uh, which is strange. So in most um, RPGs, you're going to be able to see their health bar, right? Right. And you're going to be able to see, oh, th- I have this much left. Okay, keep keep getting them. I, right. We're so close, and you... You, choose, you pick and choose which maybe move you're going to use based off of the CP that they have left. Sure. Because you're like, I know this one is going to hit this much. Right. If I do it, I can take them out. Right. That was a struggle for me starting off. So yes, I, I, it was nice to find out when I was playing this game, how can I see their CP without actually seeing their it? Their HP? Sorry. Yeah, I keep saying CP. Why do I do that? <laughs> I just want to make sure. No, thank you. We're, thank not, you. we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, we're okay. talking about the same So HP. Yeah. So I was able to find out the HP without having to actually utilize the analytics, which was nice. Right. So uh, what the way to kind of go about doing that, if um, which I'll share, is whenever you choose your move, your... Uh, battling skill mm-hmm. that you're going to uh, hit for damage on, mm-hmm. onto the uh, uh, the boss, let's say, it'll show their name at, down at the bottom mm-hmm. uh, left of their health. Right. I mean, sorry, not their health. Bottom left of their, uh, their weaknesses. Yeah. White means they've got the, a lot of health left. Right. Most of their health left. Right. And as you start battling this character... That white then changes to yellow, which mm-hmm. means you've weakened them, then changes to w- red, which means you're pretty close to ending the battle. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. I know you and I had a conversation about this. I was all, Matt, oh my gosh, have you seen this? Yeah. You're all, what are you talking about? Yeah. No. I had no idea. Hadn't paid that, that close of attention to it. Um, I've been like really trying to pick out these little things and little details in the game. Right. And it's sad because I find these little details... And pass up all these other ones, like changing my party. I just found out today that you can change the order of your party, which doesn't seem to have like a foreseeable 
benefit, yeah. but I miss that you can do that right. so you can put your people in the row you want. Yeah. Yet I was able to catch this HP <laughs> thing. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's funny, but it, it's super helpful when you're in battle. Keep an eye out when you're selecting a attack down at the bottom left of their weaknesses. It does show their name, which will indicate the range of what their HP is. Yeah. So I, that's been really nice because obviously I don't have Cyrus in my party all the time, so right. I can't necessarily use some of his strategies to help see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's been helpful. Absolutely, and thank you for sharing that because it's been a huge help for me too in my battles uh, without having Cyrus in the party to to check their HP. So I think as I've uh, kept note of that, I think that the name stays white when they're above fifty percent. I think when they fall below 50% HP, I think is when it turns yellow. And I want to say 25% about is when it turns red. So I don't know definitively if that's uh, the range, but that seems to be where it's at. So when I'm fighting a boss and they're at yellow, I kind of have an idea that we're about halfway done with that fight. I feel like I've kind of noticed the same thing. Mm -hmm. Again, not 100% here if that's uh, accurate. Right. But I would say that, yes, I would say I've seen just about the same. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, as we're on the topic of battles, um, the really cool thing about this game is the jobs uh, system, right? So not anything new to Square Enix RPGs. They've typically had jobs in some form or fashion in a lot of their games. Absolutely. This game has um, some very interesting jobs, though. Uh, some non-traditional RPG jobs, right? So we've uh, talked quite a bit about Cyrus. His character is a scholar, which is closely related to a traditional mage in RPGs. Yeah. But I was, um, I typically pick those characters in RPGs, and I was looking through Me the characters. Too. Yeah, and I said, where's the mage at? Isn't yeah. there something, yes. or like a wizard, or something that can cast spells? That's who I was looking for. Same, and uh, I didn't realize that Cyrus, uh, the scholar, was that character. Had I known that, I may have picked him in the beginning. Same here. Which would have been a, a big help I with all these battles. I would have absolutely probably picked him at the beginning. Yeah, I know you were debating between the two of them already. Just yeah. naturally, you thought his story sounded cool. Um, so it's it's. Uh, I feel, though, if we had chosen Cyrus... That almost would have been uh, like easy mode, it seemed like, for some of these battles. You know, definitely, especially with the move set that he has and yeah. just the benefits that he does bring to the party. I, I would agree. And I'm, I'm happy with the choice of not choosing him. Of course, there's that little bit of bitterness that I'm like, oh, I really love him. I wish I picked him. But yes, I am glad that I didn't pick him because it would feel that way. I would feel like it maybe is a little easier than than some of the other characters that you may have chosen. Right. Yeah, and uh, what I really like is that you, you've got these characters with all the different jobs, but as you're exploring this map, you find that the jobs can be discovered outside of uh, the character's starting areas for the most part. Uh, so you basically find these shrines around the map that yeah. give you this, the same job as the character that you've already got, but you can equip it on another character. So it gives you this other level of strategy now where you can mix and match these characters' jobs. So you could have Cyrus the Scholar and give him the warrior ability if you wanted him to be sort of like a red mage type character that can do magic and can also, uh, you know, hit enemies with weapons at a powerful rate. Um, How have you found this strategy of mixing and matching? So super interesting. 
obviously eight characters, right? Eight characters plus you add all of their extra jobs to this game. Oh my gosh, the choices are just in, insane with what you can do. Uh, you and I have definitely talked about some of the mixing and matching that we have done. For me, I feel like I'm still finding what's best for all my characters. As you start to unlock things within these characters, you find more and more things that they can do. But even adding these jobs, they add different skill sets. So you mentioned the warrior, like adding the warrior job to, let's say, Cyrus, you're going to give him an attack bonus. Right. And so knowing that going into it and thinking, okay, who can I maybe give an attack bonus to? So I remember having the Huntress as, uh, in my party and I'm like, okay, she would be great to put the, the warrior skill on. And I had it on there for so long because I thought it would be great, but it turned out like, no, I don't want her as, you know, a warrior. Right. I want her as the, which one did I choose for her? I believe she's not in my party, so I haven't played with her in about a week, but she should be the uh, cleric, I think, is what I have her as, which okay. is different. Yeah, super different. That's a that's a healing class. Correct. So yeah. that's uh, very similar to like a white mage in right. uh, in traditional RPGs. They just have renamed it cleric, but essentially the same thing. Yeah. So having her in my party as a cleric has been definitely different, obviously, than having it as a warrior. But in in a way, it's helpful. I wouldn't say I'm totally sold on this one yet, but. It's been nice. Right. Um, theory on my main character, uh, I actually have him as the uh, uh, apothecary. Yeah. I traditionally don't typically choose those types of uh, jobs. Mm-hmm. Style. We'll stick it. Uh, we'll keep it with that style. But ju- the uh, the apothecary wouldn't be something that typically uh, I would find enjoyment over. But sure. I really liked as I was playing through. The game, I really liked the skin that it came with. Yeah. Because it does change the skins depending on the jobs you choose. Which is cool, I thought. So your, yeah. you know, your characters' sprites that they have have uh, their, you know, their out their starting outfits, if you will, right. that distinguishes them from each other with their different clothing. Uh, as you equip these secondary jobs, it changes the look of them. So right. they take on a little bit of this character personality from another job. So and they're all unique to each character. Yeah. So every character has basically eight different outfits based on the job that you equip them with, and which is kind of cool. So I've found... Yeah, it's I've, been great. Yeah, I've done the same thing. I, you know, certain characters, I'm not sure quite how I want to spec them during battle, yeah. but I, I'll maybe choose something based on the outfit that, just because it looks <laughs> yeah, cool, right? Right, yeah, it, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Because it kind of forces me to do things that I wouldn't normally do. Right. And I think that's been the, great. That's the beauty of this game. I found... It's it's forcing you to do things you normally wouldn't do without you really realizing that you're having to do those things. Yes. And I and I think that's what makes this game such a gem. Yeah, is, I agree. You know, you've got um, all of these different characters with all of these different abilities that you can mix and match, and uh, create a strategy that you can that you can decide. Right. You can go through this game with the same four characters and just steamroll everything. Yeah. Or uh, I've been switching characters out every chapter with the lowest um, leveled team members. So I'm basically always forced to have 
this different composition of team with different abilities, and it gives the battles um, a sense of freshness. So maybe that's why we're so far into this game now, 40 plus hours later, yeah. 50, 60 hours in, and thinking, wow, I still want to battle. I'm looking forward to the battle portion of the yeah, chapters. Yeah, brings something totally different to it. And maybe that's what some of, I know that this game hasn't always had the biggest hype, uh, definitely with some of the reviews and stuff that we've right. read, is that's what's maybe missing with the people who are playing it, mm -hmm. is not filtering out your people enough or maybe not forcing even yourself to try something different. Right. You're almost trying to stick to your own ways, where this game is really meant to push the boundaries of, yeah. of what you traditionally do mm -hmm. and bring something different. Right. That's what it, I mean, that's what it brings for me, at least. I agree. I think so, too. Well, cool. I think um, at the end of the day, this is a really amazing game. I think it's one of the best games I've played this year, definitely in my Game of the Year runnings. It's a beautiful, just art style with the, the pixel art, but it's got a 3D look to it as well with real lighting effects. You've got this shallow depth of field that makes it feel really just beautiful. The music is extremely catchy. The music. The, I love the music. The music. Yeah. I could literally just sit there and just listen to the it's music. It's so calming. Yeah. Every time I'm playing this game around people, they're like, is this, are you at a spa? What is this? Yes. This music is so calming and relaxing. And it, I'm like, it's, it is. It is. It's, it, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful playlist that you have. Yeah. It, it's so nice. It almost feels like it's just soothing your brain as you go through it it is you know yeah I, you get through a battle and you just have like the battle theme song that's going on and then afterwards the battle ends and then the calming music comes and you're like ah oh, man that was a good battle <laughs> just so refreshing yeah and it's so calming and it just gets you through it i don't fast travel anywhere really no. because i love playing through and listening each different area has its own different uh, playlist essentially right and it it's a it sounds so great yeah it's a it's an incredible game i really think that if you haven't checked it out there's a demo that you can play on the eShop. it's uh free of course um it's the prologue demo for octopath traveler so if you do start it it's basically a two-hour demo and the progress that you make carries over to the full game. So if you do want to give it a shot, if it sounds interesting, I highly recommend downloading this game, giving it a, a, a look. Eric, do you have any last thoughts for the listeners around Octopath Traveler? I would definitely say if this is a game that you're curious about, start off with the, the free trial that they offer for you. Yeah. I know I started off that way, and it was dangerous, of course, because I ended up buying the game. <laughs> so just be ready for that when you play this game. But don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone with this game, because yeah. that's what's going to make you keep coming back to it. I agree. It's such a such a great game, and the art style, man, I, that's I can't get past just so the art style and just the work that went into this. Yeah. Again, if you appreciate this art style, and that's really what it comes down to, because not everybody is into those styles. Sure. But it is such a great game. Have fun with it. Get out of your comfort zone with this game and really try something different. Yeah, cool. Well, if you guys are playing Octopath Traveler and you want to share your moments, feel free to tweet at me at IYE Podcast and share some of those moments that you've been uh, 
encountering in, in your journey through Octopath Traveler. Well, Eric, thank you so much. I'm uh, very happy that you came on the show today to chat. Thanks for letting me be here. Absolutely. This has been great. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you, and I'll see you next week. Bye.